back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Other Identity, week two of the quarantine. Ben, how's life treating you and your family during this period of isolation? Hello, Robbie. Great to hear from you. I'm glad to hear there's still uh, life outside of these walls. I wasn't sure for a little while. I thought maybe <laughs> maybe it was just down to me, my dog, and my family, but no. Uh Things are going okay. Uh, UNLV is back in terms of remote sessions. I've been teaching from home. I have been getting to spend a lot of time with my daughter, which, like I said last week, is awesome. So definitely silver lining. But yeah, man, this uh, this world landscape has changed significantly. And I think, you know, we'll talk today about ways to navigate this landscape, not just as a human, but as a comic book fan. That's right. We are going to be talking, of course, about what we've been doing during our quarantine, during our downtime, uh, give you some recommendations about maybe some stuff that you could be looking at streaming-wise, so it's not just all comics that you're reading during this time, because there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to have to uh, find ways to entertain ourselves with, and unfortunately, uh, the production of comics has also been affected by the COVID-19 uh, crisis. And we'll be talking a little bit about some of the challenges that we're doing. A real quick question that I just had, uh, uh, mentioning your daughter, uh, how how much into, I mean, I know she's, you know, on, on the younger side, but how much into comics, like, do you try to share with her? So, she's two. Um, I haven't, uh, right. I, I haven't, no, 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 but I, but I do have an answer for this. Um, I have not, like, actively tried to get her into comics too much. I'm kind of of the mind that she'll... She'll come around to it her on her own um, just because mm-hmm. she sees me, you know, when she sees me reading on the iPad, she wants to know. I was reading a uh, DC stories of Alan Moore trade the other week, and this is before I switched to all digital. Um, and I was reading a physical trade, and she came over, and she just played this little game where she would take my Alan Moore trade, run over to my wife, ask who a character was. My wife would say, <laughs> I have no – my wife would say, I have no idea. Ask daddy. She would run back to me, and then I would say, that Swamp Thing. Um, and that was a fun little game. So she's interested in it. I will say the thing she's most into is we have um, – if you're a listener out there who has kids or young nieces and nephews – and you're familiar with those those little like hardback books that have the gold print on the side. I have no idea what they're called. Probably like gold side books or something stupid. But um, it's these books that like every kid has. And when we knew we were going to have a kid, uh, a bunch of my friends from the comic book industry um, got me different stuff. And only one of them got me a comic, one of these books. So they got me a Doctor Strange book. So it's this cute little book. It's designed for kids. It's the origin and, like, the friends and enemies of Doctor Strange. And this is one of my daughter's favorite books. So when we do our, like, pre-bedtime reading, we'll ask, what do you want to read, Hazel? And she will frequently ask for Doctor Strange, which I think is kind of cool. The only downside is my wife refuses to read the Doctor Strange book. So so if it's a night that my wife is reading, because we alternate nights, she just goes, wait for Daddy tomorrow. But when I read it, we learn all about Dormammu and Baron Mordo and Nightmare and uh, all the fun stuff associated with Doctor Strange. Oh, that's really great. That's really cool. Um, Well, all right, cool. Why don't we talk a little bit more about what we're doing in quarantine then? You know, what are we reading? How are our challenges going? And uh, I'll go ahead and start because what I'm reading is also basically just my challenge right now. Uh, the hashtag uh, DC Rebirth Era Challenge. It's all about trying to read through as much of the Rebirth Era 
of DC as I can. And uh, I just recently finished up the 2016 run of uh, Batwoman, which went uh, about 18 issues, I believe, uh, writing by uh, James uh, Tynion and Marguerite uh, Bennett. Uh, art was split back and forth between, uh, I think it was Steve Epting early on and then it ended up being Fernando Blanco uh, later on, although I actually didn't even notice that the two of them did such a good job keeping that style consistent. Uh, but first, Ben, how, how much of uh, Batwoman are you familiar with, either from Rebirth or just in general? I'm certainly familiar with Batwoman as a character. Um, when she debuted in the 52 series, I was back at Wizard Magazine, and I was working as the DC correspondent. So I got to uh, chat with the guys who were writing 52 about doing Batwoman. Then I remember her first series by... Uh, Greg Rucka and J.H. Williams. J.H. Williams has been long associated with the character. He actually lives in Las Vegas, so I've gotten to know him over the last couple of years. Rebirth era, I have not encountered Batwoman outside of a couple issues of Detective Comics I read, but that creative team you named is so strong, uh, particularly on the art side. Steve Epting is one of my all-time favorites, so... I'm looking forward, and I know you liked it a lot, Robbie, so I'm looking forward to checking that one out. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, a, a lot of the sort of the comparisons that I ended up drawing were actually with, you know, what uh, uh, I'm familiar with from sort of like Batman. Like, like a lot of it was, you know, how does she stack up to Batman or even some of the other Bat family that, that I'm a little bit familiar with? And the first thing that popped out to me was that within the first few issues, there was more of like the sort of James Bond slash Jason Bourne sort of secret agent, like high octane action associated with it. You know, she's obviously teamed up with Julia Pennyworth, who's, you know, uh, sort of like her eyes and ear, who's on this, uh, uh, the Sequoia, I think it was, you know, giving her all the intel that she needs. And I think what I really enjoyed about it was this journey that we take with uh, uh, Kate throughout the entire story about the acceptance of her mistakes and and I like that in contrast to what I normally know of Batman which there was really just sort of one mistake and I don't not even mistake but but one trauma that really defined who he was and you know turned him into the Batman obviously and Kate she goes against you know she she has it feels like mistakes and trauma that her entire life is peppered with and riddled with that she constantly can't escape and particularly i think my favorite issues was um i forget where the numbering was but it, uh, it had to do with uh the scarecrow right in the middle of it somewhere where she's basically been captured and just used as like a guinea pig and filled with all types of toxins and poisons and just all sorts of stuff. this big concoction and cocktail of this horrible stuff that ends up backfiring on the scarecrow because she basically says you know I am my own worst fear. And, I don't know, just the way that everything sort of wrapped into itself, just it worked so well. I think the only the only issue that I had with it, and, and this is a very similar one that I had with the Green Lanterns as well, is I feel like the high point came just before the ending and that the last few issues just kind of seemed like they petered out a little bit. I mean, I think that, that that sometimes feels like if you have a creator who's really dedicated, they have this big story to tell. If the book, I, I don't know if that woman came to an end of, as we say, natural causes. Like, was it planned to be 18 issues or so, or did it get canceled? That's fair. So it, it's possible they got cut off in the middle and it uh, it kind of lost momentum because of that. You I had mean, to wrap up what you, what you had going, Exactly, basically. finish things up quickly. The one thing I will say, just a commentary on... Batman and his world as a whole, kind of speaking to what you like about Batwoman, my favorite kind of Batman family stories are when you show characters who have 
experience, as you were talking about, a trauma similar to Bruce, but they react in different ways. It's one of the reasons yes. that Dick Grayson is one of my favorite characters because I love the fact that, like Bruce Wayne, he lost his family, but it's not this all-consuming uh, dread. He he still stays very upbeat and positive, and I think Kate is is contrasted in that way as well. She's more of a soldier. Uh, she has that military background. Mm -hmm. She's able to internalize the uh, challenges she faces and kind of use them to build her up consistently. She's she's always she's always growing and learning. Whereas Batman, I feel like it's kind of a straight line. Well, and I and I think one of the reasons that's actually a great point that she's always growing and learning because unlike Batman, who I think has this singular focus, you know, he he accepts what it was and he doesn't. Because he doesn't let, I think, a lot of other people sort of impress upon him, or he doesn't take a lot of their, you know, their opinions, their worldviews. Kate, on the other hand, it seems like everyone is always telling her what she should feel, how she should feel, and what things mean to her. So it's an interesting way to give her a chance to explore different facets of what her life and these lessons mean to her. She's a great character. Uh, I think the whole Batman, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on our Families episode. Um, the Batman family is my favorite in all of comics just because it's all about this one man, his mission, his vengeance, and then how does it inspire other people to do things differently? And actually, that segues into one of the things I'm reading right now because I am checking out uh, Robin Year One. Uh, I'm doing it to throw a quick plug to another podcast out there, uh, the iFanboy podcast. They're doing a Robin Year One read. It's this four-issue, oversized story by Chuck Dixon, Scott Beatty, and Javier Polito. It's telling the early days of Dick Grayson as he became Robin. And what I'm really enjoying in it is they show not only... It's not only a focus on Dick Grayson. It's a story about how does Dick Grayson affect the people around him? How does he make Batman a little bit lighter? How does he make Alfred feel like, you know, maybe everything he's doing is not for nothing. Because Alfred, I think, can get very frustrated with when he's just dealing with Bruce because he's like, you know, I work so hard to take care of you and you still just make <laughs> terrible choices. And I think he sees in Dick Grayson kind of just this positive influence. And uh, it's a really good series and one that I would definitely recommend if you're a Batman fan of any sort and you want to get into the character of Dick Grayson. Robin Year One, available uh, much like Batwoman and any other DC things we're discussing, it's on DC Universe, which... If you're in quarantine, DC Universe and Marvel Unlimited become pretty useful pretty fast. So are there any other issues that you're looking to get into over the quarantine uh, period uh, other than the, the two challenges that we're doing? I am so OCD that I need to jump around and be, I'm, I'm always working on like five different lists at one time. And I kind of told this to you when you were talking, like you and I have very different styles of how we're approaching our uh, comic consumption over quarantine. You're basically locking onto a series, a Rebirth series, reading it all the way through, which is probably the smarter way to do things. <laughs> Meanwhile, I am, I'm trying to read like four to five comics a day. Um, I try to even like, again, structure is so key to this time we're in. So I'll say like when I get up in the morning, I'm reading a Superman comic for Read of the Superman, which is the challenge I'm working on with uh, Arun, where I'm rereading Reign of the Superman. Then throughout the day, I'll do the Rebirth Challenge, but then I'll also read a couple Marvel books. I try to read an older Marvel book from like the 70s. That's the era I'm kind of trying to wade into right now. And then I read something from the last year that I missed. So crazy as it sounds, I'm reading Superman books. I'm reading Rebirth books. I'm reading 70s Marvel. Then I'm reading like 2019 Marvel. And 
it's scattershot and crazy, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the only way I know how to do things. I'm just like, my focus is such that that's always been the kind of comics reader that I am, that I want to read. I want to be reading multiple things at one time, so I'm never getting kind of bored of, of, of one thing. I just, my attention span is just crap like that. Well, no, and I, I think that's fair. It's something that I'm trying to work better at as well because there's a few Marvel things that I don't want to say I've started to fall behind on, but I got caught up to them on Marvel Unlimited. So, uh, you know, instead of just going an issue a month, I'm kind of trying to let some of them pile up a little bit. You know, the Kelly Thompson, Captain Marvel stuff, uh, Magnificent Miss Marvel, uh, the writer escapes me at the moment. And Saladin Ahmed. Saladin Ahmed. Yes, oh, there you go. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. Uh, oh, and actually, uh, I'm going to take this time to plug it too because I just saw that J.J. Abrams' Spider Man yes. number one has finally hit uh, Marvel Unlimited. If you have not yet and you can only read one thing this entire quarantine, Go and read J.J. Abrams and Sons, Spider-Man number one, and let me know whether or not that has instantly hooked you, because I guarantee it will. Uh, Guys, coming up here, we're going to talk about what else you can do during the quarantine to keep yourself entertained, to keep yourself sane, besides just comic books. Coming up here in just a second. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team. Or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships. And we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back to The Other Identity. Thanks for sticking with us here so far. We just got done telling you what we are currently reading, how our challenges are going. That's the hashtag DC Rebirth Era Challenge and the hashtag Read of the Supermen. Uh, But we're going to take a step away from comics here a little bit and talk about some stuff that, uh, you know, we think that you guys should check out on streaming platforms. Really, that's probably about it because you should be staying in your home right now, self-isolating, staying away from the majority of people to make sure we all stay nice and healthy. And so, Ben, I went first last time. So let's start with you. What are some suggestions that you think people should get into? What platforms are they available on? Sure. Well, I've been for a little while, kind of another little challenge I'm putting myself through is I've been trying to rewatch the uh, 1992 original X-Men cartoon, which we've talked about here on the show before. Um just to let you guys know, if you've never watched the original X-Men cartoon, it's it's funny because <laughs> it's very dated in some ways, but there are a lot of storytelling elements. The visuals. I think the visuals are dated yeah. when it comes to the actual yeah. voice acting, with the exception of a few, like, more. The voice <laughs> acting is still, like, A+. The voice acting's phenomenal. I actually, I'm in season three right now, and I just finished the Dark Phoenix saga. Um, Jean Grey's voice acting is tremendous the fact that she can flip from being innocent Jean Grey to Dark Phoenix to Phoenix and it sounds like different characters over the course of the thing so that's very cool and if you've never watched this series it's one of it's probably the thing that made me a comic book fan it's available on Disney plus uh, it's x-men 1992 Disney plus is a great repository for every Marvel cartoon every Marvel movie. I've been watching some Marvel movies lately. I just 
rewatched for the first time in a while uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah, what'd you think of your second go through? I thought it was I thought it was wonderful. Um, I the Guardians movies are my favorite Marvel movies. I just think there's so much to do with those characters. I think James Gunn is a genius. I don't think there's a bad member of that cast. Like I'll oscillate between Drax is my favorite, Star Wars my favorite, Gamora is my favorite because they're all just so good. Uh, the music is wonderful, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is. I, I, I talked to a friend of, of mine, the guy we mentioned on the show here before, Greg Phillips, because um, he actually likes Guardians Volume Two more than Guardians One, and that was kind of what I rewatched it with the idea of. I wanted to see because Guardians One is probably my favorite Marvel movie of all time, and I wanted to see um, how did it stack up versus the sequel and. Greg described it as they're both great. Guardians 2 has more heart. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that, but there is a hell of a lot of heart in this story between the, the father-son dynamics, the uh, the relationships between the teams. It's just, it's really great. So if you're well, behind, I, go ahead. Well, I, I think this is the issue with uh, when it comes to Guardians 1 and 2, because I can't stand when people try to compare the two and they go, mm. oh, this one's better, this one's better. You know, when you look at the, the, the concept of, like, sequels, and even the MCU, which is, you know, one continuous story universe, they still do this. Normally from the first to the second, sometimes to the third, yes, you still have character growth and you still have plot threads, but they still seem like they could be independent stories of one another. But Guardians and the way that James Gunn has written and just crafted this masterpiece, and thank God that he's coming back for the third one as well, is they really are companions to one another. I don't think that you get the full effect of the story and the importance that it has to these characters and their worlds unless you watch, you know, one and then two because they carry over so quickly. And in fact, I believe that Guardians 2 takes place three months after Guardians 1. So to me, the, the experience is really just all in one. One and two is just, you know, the same thing for me. Yeah, that's a really good point. It really is one larger story. And the other thing that's different is, unlike the Avengers movies, these guys are not going off and having solo movies in between films. So you're not having to catch up on, well, what's Tony been up to? What's Thor been up to? What's Black Widow been up to? It's all right there in the Guardians movies. And I can't say enough praise about how much I love the Guardians movies. To me, it's 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 the revelation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was saying to my wife as we watched it, can you imagine if Guardians didn't work? Because when it came out, it was, no one knew these characters. It was uh, their biggest risk. A lot, yeah, a lot of unproven actors. But think about it. If Guardians hadn't worked out as well as it did, would people have been in, as invested to see Infinity War and Endgame? Because a big appeal to that was you get to see the Avengers interacting with the Guardians for the first time. Well, and on top of that as well, we know that Marvel has been investing a lot in some of these unknown characters. You know, because Guardians worked, they were able to bring them to the screen. Had it not worked, they may have second-guessed the idea of, you know, bringing She-Hulk onto the scene or, you know, some of these more obscure characters that they have planned. Absolutely. Yeah, Guardians was really a game-changer. And uh, if you're... Look, I'm not, I was going to say if, you only, if you're only going to, like how you said, only read the J.J. Abrams Spider-Man, there's no one going to only do anything. We're, we're stuck <laughs> at home for months. So why not go back, rewatch the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, let us know what you think about it, and uh, just, just enjoy yourself. But yeah, it's all available on Disney+. Plus. That's, that's kind of my primary streaming platform right now. I haven't really dived into the DC options over on DC Universe, but... Give me a few weeks and hopefully I'll have some recommendations from that side of the 
that side of the hall as well. Well, I'll actually start there. I have three recommendations here that cover, I think, a pretty wide spectrum. The first one is going to be from DC Universe. The Harley Quinn animated series is phenomenal. Early on, I had some reservations about Kayla Kuko... Kuko uh, I can never say her last name. About uh, Penny from, Penny from uh, the Big, the Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. Yeah, yeah. About, about her taking on the voice role. But honestly, I can't hear anyone else when I, when I think of Harley Quinn now, which I think is... a an absolute testament to her because I believe it was was it Tara Strong who did her in the Batman the animated series? I think so. I wanted to say Tara Strong. Yeah, yeah, who was also phenomenal, but that that animated series honestly brings and puts Harley Quinn into like her own solo spotlight in a way that I didn't think was possible. Uh, I know that uh, I believe you had mentioned Early on, I think for the 52, the beginning of her run was a little bit awkward, but she eventually came into her own. I think the Harley Quinn animated series is just, from start to finish, is absolutely phenomenal. And season two is actually set to come out here, I believe, uh, April 3rd. So, you know, you wait another week or two, you basically have two seasons to binge of that. Uh, The other one is Hunters on Amazon Prime. Now, this isn't specifically a comic book adaptation, but the creator talks about how, you know, the the idea that he had for this is growing up listening to the stories that his grandma would tell him about World War II and the Nazis. He basically imagined it like they were these these uh, comic book supervillains. So when making Hunters, there's very much a parallel to sort of comic books as an idea and the main character in there and then Al Pacino's character who sort of uh, you know works as a mentor in a way to him they draw a lot of comparisons to heroes and to comic books and I don't want to spoil anything but there is a great scene about halfway through where their ideals and the way that they look at and interpret heroes in comic books are vastly different in Clash and it's not anything that I think I've ever really contemplated myself or seen done at least talked about in this way in comic book themselves it's absolutely phenomenal and then the last one which i would like to if you can spit it sorry fit it into your busy schedule ben that i'd like you to try and give another go to i know this is, is coming. i know it's coming here agents of shield oh never mind that's not what i thought was coming ah <laughs> yeah no look, look shazam you can knock out All in right, a night yeah, that, but shazam agents of shield what I thought you were saying <laughs> Yep, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Netflix is going to take a little bit longer, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still to this day is one of the few TV series that takes its consequences and its repercussions as far as character growth seriously, and you see on an episode-by-episode, and definitely on a series, or sorry, season-by-season basis, how much this affects the characters. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of Supernatural, but the uh, uh, Sam and Dean from the final season compared to the Sam and Dean from the first season, besides the fact that they use their Batman voices, they're pretty much the same character, even though they've really been through hell. But the way that you see the characters in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. grow from season to season is unlike anything in any other series I've ever seen. Specifically, uh, uh, Ian DeLancaster, I think his name is, who yep. plays Fitz. Phenomenal. He needs to be in, in more stuff, hands down. Uh, but uh, that's obviously available right now on Netflix. But those are the three must-sees over this quarantine period for myself. You know, I'll toss in one other thing is that uh, I am – watching something completely different uh i'm watching the watchmen show from hbo which I didn't oh catch the first very time good yeah. very good and i'm i'm in an interesting situation because i am in addition to being a teacher by the way we never uh, we never used our code names today 
Not today. Not today. Today's a different Professor show. Awesome, ladies and gentlemen, and myself, the Great Landis. Of it's a course. different kind. It's a different kind of day. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm watching Watchmen because I'm writing about it for a research paper for my graduate school class. Um, so it's very interesting that number one, it's amazing. What a good show! Um, and I, I would have been right there with all the skeptics who said you can't you can't make anything out of Watchmen. The comic is too good to adapt or do a sequel to, but damn, man, Damon Lindelof and his team brought it on this show. Oh, no, actually, honestly, Watchmen, I think, is the best example of how you, how we shouldn't be looking at different mediums in, oh, how can we remake this video game yep. into a film or this book into a TV series? No, how what can we... we should, what, what, what we should be asking is how can we tell more stories exactly. within that world and stay true to the world and to the characters? That's where the future is. It's just down, you're right, and it's downright brilliant. And this this is a blueprint for anyone who wants to take. Listen, Watchmen is probably the most it's it's the most sacred cow in all of comics. It's the most revered series in the history of comics, and these guys were able to take it and tell a fresh new, interesting story in that world. If you can do it with Watchmen, you can do it with anything. Robbie's right on. Uh, future content creators look to this as ways you can use the comics, not as, all right, let's just remake it panel for panel. Let's use it as a springboard to do something new and exciting. Can you say that one more time for me? Sure. Wait, oh, Robbie was right. I figured you probably That's the one. Yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, uh, coming up here next, we're going to talk specifically now. Our, our challenges have sort of lined up a little bit, and Ben and I are kind of pace and pace reading Titans within the Rebirth series. We're going to talk a little bit about what we like about this so far, and uh, I'll try not to say anything that's going to set Ben off too much because he is a big Wally guy. Coming up here in just a second. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, we have an unprecedented outbreak. Thousands of us walking the earth. We might die at any moment. Because we're under attack. In which case, we must act fast. Doctors are trying their best. Working long hours and... Always sacrificing. Their health To protect you. Well, I'd very much like to thank them. Thanks, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Wait a minute. What's the prognosis? It's still changing. So we have a novel virus and no vaccine at this time. What should we do? We gotta get everybody else back into the houses. We gotta keep them there. In other words... This is our lockdown, right? What that means is... Stay in your homes. Make no attempt to reach loved ones. And take a long nap. You can count me out. You can count me out, too. Some people are immune to good advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Those idiots. I just need to make sure you fully understand. Let's recap. I'm begging you. Stay inside. Wash your hands. And make sure you've got ten feet of personal space around you. Stay away from me. Stay away from me. Uh-uh-uh. I didn't hear you wash your hands. So think on this, lads. When you're home watching TV. Think about the medical stuff. Working for you. So I'm asking you. Stay home. I'm in isolation. Just stop the virus. All right, I'll do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You stay classy, planet Earth. Welcome 
Welcome back, guys, and thanks for downloading and listening. Uh, in case you haven't already, we urge you, as always, to make sure that you're connecting with us on social media, especially within this time of self-quarantine, self-isolation. We are connected to Twitter and to Facebook, so make sure that you're following us there, Checkpoint XP on Twitter and Facebook, and you can find uh, myself at Robbie underscore Landis CP and Ben at Ben J. Morris. M- Morse, Morse. <laughs> ben J. Morse, M-O-R-S-E. You heard it, you heard it that time. I, well, I mean, I yeah, okay. Yourself. Point is, find us on social media, interact with us. We are dying uh, for some more engagement. And uh, like I said, we're there basically every single day now every looking second. for reasons every second to of talk. Every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Looking for reasons to talk about comics. Come and let us know what you think, what we should be reading. Currently, what we happen to both be lining up here with is uh, Titans. Uh, from the DC Rebirth era, starring uh, Wally West, uh, Nightwing, Donna Troy, Omen, who's someone that I'd actually never heard of up until this point here, uh, as well as Arsenal and Tempest. So um, I guess the, the, the first question I have for you, Ben, which I already know the answer to having read it, but what was it that made you want to pick up Titans? So I've always been, well, always is a strong word. Since about college, I've been huge into the Teen Titans. Um there is a run of comics that I'm actually rereading right now. That's one of the older series I'm rereading called New Teen Titans. It is from the 1980s. It's by Marv Wolfen and George Perez, the same creative team that did Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, it takes the some of the original Teen Titans, uh, which are the, the people we named who are part of the Titans series. Is basically, these are the sidekicks of the DC Universe. Uh, they got their own book back in the 60s called Teen Titans. Then in the 80s, New Teen Titans took Robin, Dick Grayson, uh, Donna Troy, and Kid Flash, Wally West, paired them with new characters like Cyborg, Raven, and Starfire, and basically just one of my favorite books of all time. So anytime a new Titans book comes out, and as I explained to you on the phone yesterday, Robbie, um, the way you can denote between Titans and Teen Titans is... Teen Titans is usually who is the current sidekicks of the DC Universe here, Damian Waynes uh, and that generation. Titans usually refers to the original Teen Titans who are now adults. So long story short, if there's a Titans book, something with Dick, Donna, Wally, and the rest of the crew doing anything together, I'm a sucker for it. I'm always going to want to check it out. Uh, I specifically read this series because I'm using a reading list. Uh, that I found online, and I'll, I'll post that on my Twitter so you guys can follow along as well. But it's kind of, this is the order you should read Rebirth in. And because Wally West is such a central figure at the beginning, and Titans is kind of the book that features him, this was the first ongoing series that I jumped into. Yeah, no coincidence there, no coincidence. I'm sure. Nope, it's all about board. Uh, now, I do think that I might be just a few issues further than you are. You but are. What I'm enjoying about it so far is, uh, you know, since, since, since getting back into comics as deeply as I have so far, this is the first real uh, team sort of dynamic that that I've started to read. Um, and I've always been a big fan of, you know, bringing like a team of people together because, you know, more characters, I think there's just more to explore there. There's more possibilities. And uh, so far, there's been heavy themes and heavy emphasis on, you know, like friendship and love and, you know, that type of stuff and, you know, bringing people back together and the strength that lies therein, which I think is another reason why uh, you're so uh, heavy into this one. Um, the... I don't really have much to complain about right now, except for the backwards hat, mm. NASCAR, redneck uh, Roy. Yeah, I don't like um, that. But otherwise, I'm really enjoying everything. And, and kind of going into it now, I guess the only thing is is I fear them falling into certain tropes 
that you get in ensemble pieces like this, and that's infighting, right? Now, obviously, there should be conflict within them, such as uh, uh, Donna Troy and Arsenal's, um, you know, are they going to or are they not going to thing, which they're already starting to set up. That type of stuff's great. But, like, there was a few examples in Green Lanterns where they tried to paint Boz or Jessica Cruz as, like, a traitor, right? And everyone's just so quick to be like, well, here's the evidence, traitor, you know, been a hero so far, but they've done the drop of a dime. Yep, they're the bad guy now. And that type of thing has never really flied very well for me. I would much rather see the heroes fighting the bad guys. And if you want there to be turmoil within the team, make it believable in some way. So I hope that they avoid those sort of, you know, cliche pitfalls. But so far, I'm actually, you know, really into it and really enjoying all the characters. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, the One of the things I love about the original New Teen Titans book is it's a book about these kind of outcasts who came together and formed this type of family, uh, similar to the X-Men in that way. And there's not a ton of, there's the usual bickering back and forth, but there's not a ton of, like you said, infighting. It's really more focused on these people really like being around each other and they bring the best out of each other. So I'm hoping because Titans is tied into that new Teen Titans legacy and real quick creative team on this book, uh, at least at the start that we're checking out right now, Dan Abnett is the writer I was going to combine tremendous and phenomenal into phenomenal. Just a great phenomenal. Great word. Just yeah, like just a great writer. Uh, Dan's actually an old buddy of mine. Uh, He used to him and Andy Lanning were the guys who created what you know today as the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, They they relaunched the book with Star Lord, Rocket Raccoon, etc. in 2008. Dan's now on his own. He, I know we're going to come across his Aquaman run in a little while, but he's the the uh, primary writer on Titans. And the artist at the beginning here is Brett Booth, who is a guy with a lot of pedigree, uh, really popular in the 90s, has sustained. I think he has really fun, like energetic art. So I'm enjoying what these guys are doing, and I do hope they avoid some of the pitfalls that you also want them to stay away from. All right. Well, guys, that's going to be it for us today here on The Other Identity. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Make sure, if you made it to the end of the show here, that you tell your friends about us. You know, get them to download. We've actually been seeing some amazing uh, download numbers here recently over the past few weeks. And what we'd like to start to do, especially, again, during this time of isolation and self-quarantine, is we want to get you guys more involved with the show. So head on over to Twitter. Head on over to Facebook. Follow Checkpoint XP. Follow, you know, me, Robbie Onescorlanda, CP, and Ben, Ben J. Morse. And uh, let us know what you guys are thinking. You know, we'll take some of the best, you know, responses, some of the best conversations that we get, and we'll read them here on the show. Use those to start up some discussions. So if you want to have a hand in helping create and shape this show, now is the time to do it, guys. And we're looking forward to that. So, as always, make sure that you tune in next time, the same other identity channel, same other identity time. (laughs) 